0: And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg.
1: And welcome back in third and final hour of the program here on Thursday, and uh, again tomorrow. So tonight is a is a, an important city council meeting. Tonight we have the discussion about the mayor's vetoes of the three proposed ballot questions uh, that the council voted to put on the ballot and that the mayor vetoed. And now tonight the council will vote whether to sustain or override those vetoes. And it's going to happen right at, you know, it's the first item on the agenda. And so again, those questions, if you are not familiar, and I don't know how you could be, if you listen to the station at this point, but the questions are, whether or not New Bedford should adopt rent stabilization, whether or not the mayoral term should revert back from four years to two years, and whether or not the city should repeal the Community Preservation Act and no longer contribute into that. So those three questions were to be placed on the ballot to non-binding to get what the people feel about them, to get to get their thoughts, to, to see what, the temperature was for those issues for the council to decide how to move forward on addressing those. The mayor vetoed all three, uh, gave the reasons why, and also felt like the way that the process was done was not the best, you know, to put it lightly. And we thought that the council would override those vetoes and get those questions on the ballot anyway. But now it seems like it might not go that way. And tonight could be a lot of debate and discussion about those issues amongst the counselors. It could also be three very quick votes. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of the counselors who are opposed, you know, who want to sustain the vetoes, will want to get up and give their reasons why. Maybe some who are going to vote to override them will want to get up and give their reasons why. They certainly can do so here on the airwaves. Um, I have my phone lines open. You have my number or my email, Tim at com. You almost all have me on Facebook. So reach out if you want to pop on the show sometime in the next hour and talk about what you'll be voting tonight and why. We got press releases yesterday and today from Ward 5 counselor Scott Lima saying he would sustain the mayor's vetoes on the four-year term reverting back to two years and also on the rent stabilization question. Uh, and I do believe, if I remember right, I believe he voted against putting the CPA question on the ballot. So we know how he stands on all three of those issues. We've been hearing things from some of the other counselors or about the other counselors behind the scenes. But again, if you want to come in, come on and talk publicly, we welcome you, as we do anytime. But the the public appetite for these questions... Whether or not they end up on the ballot, there has been discussion about them. I think the CPA, the Community Preservation Act, didn't really get a lot of conversation. Uh, Obviously, we here at the station talked a lot about it. I know I talked about it because I'm passionate about the Community Preservation Act, and I think it's a great thing. I know Marcus has talked about it, but I don't know that you, the resident's, seem to care that much about it one way or the other because I I didn't hear a lot of conversation about that. We heard a lot about rent stabilization and we heard quite a bit about the uh, four-year mayoral term. And my plan was assuming that that question was going to get on the ballot, and it still may, the CPA question, it still may get on the ballot. But my plan was to make sure that we talked about it as we got closer to the election to let people know exactly what it's all about. Uh, certainly I will tell you that I would, if I, if I were you, I would vote to keep it. As we talked about it, you know, it averages out to like, was it 90 bucks a year, 80 or 90 bucks a year for the average homeowner in New Bedford. And my plan was to bring in people from the community preservation committee and have them talk about some of the projects that have been done over the years and talk about how those things could get done otherwise, if not for CPA funds. And then have you get all the information about what it's all about, what it has done already, what you are going around in the city of New Bedford and already enjoying as a result of the CPA, and what other things will be done in the future that you would enjoy as a result of the CPA. So that you could have that information when you place your vote, when you when you uh, make your vote in November, even though it's non-binding. I wanted you to have all of that information and, and be ready for that discussion. And you know what? That's still a topic we can explore even if the question doesn't get on there, just so that you have a better understanding of what it's all about. We've already talked quite a bit about rent stabilization. I, I think people are, they have their their mindset on that already, no matter which way they come down on it. There was a release that came out earlier this morning um, that um, that Eric Andrade sent out, but it's a, uh, it's, it's a, letter in support of rent stabilization in the city. And it's signed by uh, a number of different folks, um, you know, it's including Councillor Burgo, uh, including the NAACP of New Bedford, including the Coalition for Social Justice and Marlene Pollock individually. Uh, did I mention Buddy Andrade? Renee Ledbetter, who is, you know, over there at the uh, the NCAA. So all of the, NCAA, NAACP. Jeez, him. Tim. Learn your acronyms. And so you've got a lot of folks who are in favor of this, but I, I think overwhelmingly, if I had to, if I let's just say, you know, the, the the sports betting app said I could bet on what I thought people would vote in the New Bedford election. I wouldn't want to put any money down on the rent stabilization question. Because I, d- I don't have an idea of how people would come down on that. I know how the folks who have called into this station feel about it, but as I always caution, don't think of the talk radio audience as representative of the entire community. Because there are a lot of voices out there that will, will just never call into a talk show. So I've, I think that that would be a very close discussion and, and a very close vote. Because I think you have a lot of Voters who aren't property owners, that would be in favor of it. And I think you have a lot of property owners who are voters that would be against it. So that would have been, in my opinion, too close to call. I don't think that the CPA would have been reversed. I think the education campaign that the city would launch into to let people know about what good has been done would have been enough for people to vote to keep that. Again, these are all non-binding, but you know what I mean. And the mayoral term, I think, would have been interesting to see how that goes. And not just from the perspective of do people want a two-year or four-year mayor, but also from the perspective of, hey, you just voted and we want you to have to vote again on the same thing. Because it it does feel too soon to me. You had one four-year term. And, of course, this would be on the ballot with the next four-year term for mayor also on the same ballot. So you would have had two four-year terms as a result of this. And is, is that enough to know if it's working or not? Is that enough to know how you feel about it one way or the other? Or is this just hoping that you can flip a few people from the other side because you feel like it was close the last time? And also, too, you will run the risk of there might have been people who were anti-four-year term back then who look at it and say, yeah, you know, we, we've, we've had a four-year term. and I don't see the big deal. I actually think it actually worked out well. Because a lot of those people that voted against it might have voted against it just because they didn't want it to change. Not because they really cared one way or another about if there should be a four-year or a two-year term for the mayor. They voted because they said, well, it's always been two years. It's been that way the whole time that this city has had a mayor. Why would we want to go and change it? And actually it wasn't. It used to be one-year terms. But still, why would we want to go and change it? So you might have gotten a good portion of no votes just based on that logic alone. And those people might not feel that way anymore because now you've had a four-year term. So it's not a slam dunk. Either way, the only thing that I think would have been a slam dunk is I, I don't think the CPA question would have been approved. I think that um, I think that these conversations will still happen because the counselors who are in support of these questions will keep having these discussions, and maybe they'll encourage citizens to to start up petitions to get them placed on the ballot that way. But I think the the core the core issues around these are are not going away. Now it'll have to be well you couldn't get the question on there, but what what other ways can you affect change in these in these arenas? So it's it's certainly going to be something that will uh it'll you'll hear it tonight i think I think you'll hear some ideas and thoughts on on it tonight because if counselors are going to vote against it, they might want to come forward with some other ideas such as you know uh, what what Councillor Lima said as the reason why he's voting to sustain the veto on the four year mayoral term well, he feels that the recall provision discussion is going to satisfy why he felt that there would be a need to do that. I think uh, that the rent stabilization question, he talked about the mayor's housing plan. And I think you'll hear a lot of that because this, this came up before we knew what the city's comprehensive housing plan was. So some folks might look at that and say, actually, I like this plan, and I think we can fix the problem by going forward with this plan without having to take the extreme step of rent stabilization. I mean, you had... You, you know as you're going through it Josh Hamilton's talking about it and saying like here's why I don't think it'll work and why I think this plan will work and he's the guy that was put in the position to lead the way on this so that's that's the best expert you have in the city who's telling you I think this plan can work in a way that we don't need to take that drastic measure of rent stabilization so you know it's up it's up to you It's up to you what you want to, how you want to feel about it, what you want to think. But uh, if you are passionate about these questions getting on the ballot and they they end up getting voted, you know, the the vetoes are sustained, take it upon yourself. Go out, collect those signatures, and then you can get it on the ballot and then it becomes a binding question. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in or you can send in some app chat messages, um, answered 7 in a question that says tim some of the people who send app messages are like a jerry springer show you're like jerry springer 2.0 listener miserable always app chats his app chats must be full of and then he puts a whole bunch of stars and then more and stars yeah you know the little censorship stars i'm going to start chanting timmy 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 and then he says sorry i got off topic no i mean i think um i think there's a lot of times that people have tried to have that jerry springer approach to what they do and it 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 doesn't work. Like Jerry Springer was able to to harness in all that and in his his wit certainly played a big part of it. Like the way he could play off those situations was a big part of it. And that's why I think other people failed at being able to copy that formula because they didn't have the element that held it all together, which was Jerry Springer himself. There was a great show. It was, a, it was a satire of shows like Jerry Springer and other, other talk shows like that called uh, Nightstand with Dick Dietrich. And uh, that's not a real person. It was a fictional character. Um, but he, it, it was, and I think, I know that his show Son of a Beach that he did later, the same actor, Tim, and I can't remember his last name, but he, that was produced by Howard Stern. I'm not sure if Nightstand was produced by Howard Stern too, but it was, it was a dead-on parody of those types of programs. And you can see some of it on YouTube. It's very, very funny stuff, but also very much of, of the time period too. I don't know how much of it all translates still today. Like even, you know, Maury Povich got got softer over the years and I I don't know how much Jerry Springer might have softened, but, you know, it's, not, it's certainly not what it was in the 90s, I'm sure, because they don't put the same kind of things on TV that they did uh, back then. Remember when they used to have the Jerry Springer Too Hot to Handle? VHS tapes you could order, where it was the stuff that they couldn't put on TV? You can see those now; those are all online. But back in back in the day, that was the only way you were seeing that stuff. I mean, we we once we once had commercials for Girls Gone Wild on late night television. I mean, it was a different time, and it was it was not always a better time. Uh, and of course, because Answered Seven mentioned his name, guys like Beetlejuice he just pops up. Miserable in New Bedford uh, sent uh, a message. How many times in one hour are you going to say the word discussion? I don't know how many times in one hour are you going to send a jerk app chat message. There's one. I'm sure they are. I'm sure you're already typing out some other ones. But you can send your messages in on the app chat on the WBSM app. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back in 508-996-0500. If you want to call in or you can send in app chat messages via the WBSM app, uh, <laughs> HD in New Bedford sent in the son of the son of son of a beach, son of the beach uh, photo um, and says uh, dad bod before there was the dad bod. And that is true. That was a, that was a fun show too. Um, some of these satirical shows are really biting and very funny. Although I will say that this week's, you know, for a show that's not satirical, but instead very heartwarming, uh, I think this week's edition of Ted Lasso was the best episode of the entire series so far. I laughed so much at that episode and it was just well done overall. It's, it's well deserved all the acclaim that it gets. I didn't watch it when it first came out and I was like, it can't be nearly as good as everybody says that it is. It's about soccer. I don't I don't like soccer. I don't pay attention to soccer. I don't know how much I'm going to want to watch a show about soccer. But it it's not really about soccer at all and it's 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 a great show. So if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's on Apple TV Plus and you can watch the first episode for free if you open up the Apple TV app. They let you watch the first episode of any of their series for free to see if you want to sign up. And then I think it's like five bucks a month or six bucks a month to subscribe. But it's um, it's a show that trust me, you will love it. I don't know anybody that watches it that doesn't like it. Now anybody that turned it on has said, and, and at first you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I. Well, because like sometimes when they make a, a heartwarming show, it can be too much and it can be like over the top sappy, like a show like Seventh Heaven, if you remember that show, Ugh. Ugh. just saccharine sweet to me, but not with Ted Lasso. It's 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 very well done and you do care about the characters, even the characters you're like, I'm not going to like this person. and You still end up liking them. So, and the, and the, the relationships between the, the characters feel real. So anyway, I can't recommend that enough. Check it out if you want to. Uh, I also want to mention the article that I have up at wbsm.com and on the app about this strange thing that I found so a couple weeks ago. We had a caller that called in and mentioned that there's one way there's one time that you can turn left on a red light in Massachusetts and that's if you're on a red wa- on a one-way turning onto another one-way And so I was like, oh, I would never really thought about that, never really knew about that. So I wrote an article about it, and I went into the Massachusetts driver's manual to, you know, get all the information and verification. Not that I didn't believe the caller, but, you know, to get all the information and to put it together and to write the article. And I had the downloaded version of the driver's manual on the desktop of my, well, on the, you know, On the desktop of my laptop, if that makes sense. Like, so I had saved, I downloaded it, it saved it on the desktop. And then I just happened to click on the file yesterday. I was like, wait, chapter four, what is this? And I clicked on it and it opened up the driver's manual. I said, oh yeah, that's what it was. And just happened to catch my eye in the middle of it, a gray box under the rules of the road that I said, huh? I've never, I never heard that. Put this way, I mean, it's something that I'd heard about, but I didn't ever, like, I wasn't taught it in driving school. And I, I don't know that it's something that happens in practice, but it's there in a gray box meant to stand out from the rest of the rules. It says, if you drive 40 miles per hour in a heavy rainstorm on a highway with a speed limit of 50 miles an hour you can get a ticket for driving too fast. So again, let me repeat that. If you drive 40 miles an hour in a heavy rainstorm on a highway with a speed limit of 50 miles an hour, so you're going 10 miles below the speed limit in a heavy rainstorm, you can still get a ticket for driving too fast. Now, what the rules of the road in the driver's manual suggest is You must never travel so fast that it is not safe. That is the fundamental speed law. You must lower your speed if there are poor driving conditions or hazards. It does not matter if the posted speed limit is higher. But it doesn't say what what is the numerical cutoff. Like I just told you, going 10 miles slower than the speed limit in a heavy rainstorm could get you a ticket for driving too fast. I would assume that in bad weather, if I was going 10 miles under the speed limit, I would be okay. Now, I don't, I don't speed too much. I might go 70 on the highway, maybe 75 because uh, my speedometer is off. It's been off for as long as I've had my car. It's five miles faster on the speedometer than I'm actually – it's five miles faster in real life than it says on the speedometer. So if it's – if I'm going 65 on my speedometer, I'm technically going 70. And I know this because I've driven by those speed sensors and because I use the Waze app and it tells you what your speed is. And I, I know neither of those are exactly perfect, but it's still – it's enough that I, I think that there is a five-mile-an-hour difference there. So with this knowledge, I try to keep myself like from speeding too much, but sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget that there's a difference, and I think I'm going 65 when I'm really going 70. But when there's bad weather, when there's heavy rain, especially like if visibility is low, because no matter what wipers I put on my car – and I put Rain-X on the windshield and all that kind of stuff. It'll get low visibility for me, and I've I've come to realize that that's not really the car or the weather conditions. It's more my eyesight. Like it seems to get foggy to me, and you know, even though I've got anti-fog on the windshield and I've got the the um, the air blowing on it and everything, it's just it's me. So I'm not I'm not afraid if there's a downpour. I'm not ashamed to pull over and wait for that to lighten up before I continue driving. It's just what I've had to resign myself to because it's not necessarily safe for me to keep going. And when it snows, I definitely go slower than the speed limit. I don't know how people speed in the snow. So I've never really had to worry about this rule that apparently I didn't even know existed. But I'm wondering, and I want to ask you, If you've ever been pulled over for going too fast in inclement weather when you were going below the speed limit. Because there is no, there's no number here. So it seems arbitrary. And again, I get the point of it. You absolutely want to slow down in bad weather. You shouldn't be driving fast. The speed limit may be too fast in those weather conditions. But what, how do you determine what is legally too fast? How do you get ticketed based on that? So maybe some of you have some experience with that. Give me a call, 508-996-0500, or shoot me an app chat message and let me know. I, I can't think of – I know that I've been in situations tons of times where I've had somebody – speed by me in bad weather, and I've thought to myself, wow, like of all the times you're going to speed, now you're going to speed in this in this in these type of conditions, but in, in retrospect, they were probably just going the speed limit, but I was going slower, so to me, it seemed like they were going too fast. Of course, there are a lot of people who still speed anyway and don't care. And I always say to them, hey, four-wheel drive doesn't mean four-wheel stop. If you hit an ice patch or anything, you're going to skid the same. My car has an issue even with brand-new tires on it. I'm guessing because of the weight distribution, it still has a tendency to hydroplane if I hit a patch of water. So, you know, I try to keep it safe and manageable. But I would never think that if I got pulled over going 10 miles slower, I would think I would get a ticket for going too slow before I would get a a ticket in that situation for speeding. So if you've ever had that situation, I'd just be interested in hearing how it worked out. 508-996-0500. My guess is that you can get a ticket according to the driver's manual. I'm going to guess that nobody ever has. Or if they have they've been doing something else. So 508-996-0500 or hit me up on app chat on the WBSM app. I just got an app message from, uh, from miserable in new Bedford who said, didn't they teach you semantic satiation when you got to your, when you got your degree in journalism? Oh, that's right. You don't have one. No, I studied, I just studied English. I studied English communications. Journalism wasn't a a degree unto its own at UMass Dartmouth. WBSM doesn't have high standards, does it? Wow. And yes, I absolutely will stop listening to you from now on. God, I hope so. I really hope so, but I doubt it. I doubt you will. You'll be back messaging me tomorrow. You'll be back complaining about what I say tomorrow because you secretly like it. And I shouldn't I shouldn't even address your app chat comments because you just like hearing me talk about you on the air, you weirdo. By the way, don't take offense. Weirdo is a term of endearment in my world. <sighs> again, I don't think these sports betting apps are taking bets on this, but if they were, how much money would you bet that Miserable is still going to send an app chat message again in the future? That he's, he's not going to not listen like he claims. But man, will my life be so much better if you do. Won't have to read all your horribly written, terribly spelled, profane comments. Take a few of the other ones with you too. Anyway, you know, you know what? If you're going to stop listening miserable, maybe, maybe just call in one time. Call in one time before you go so that we can we can say goodbye to each other. 508-996-0500. When we come back, we will announce the winner of the Willie Nelson tickets for today. So you still have a few moments to get your name in there. Just head on over to WBSM.com or on the app, and uh, click on Enter to Win Willie Tickets, and you will be able to enter to win. It doesn't take very long at all. You can have it filled out in like 30 seconds. And uh, when we come back, we will announce the winner of today's tickets, and then we'll have one more pair to give away Tomorrow, actually, I'd have two pairs to give away tomorrow. So uh, why don't you uh, head on over there now? And when we come back, we will announce today's crazy,
2: crazy
0: for feeling so lonely
2: i'm crazy crazy for so
1: blue and that is the willie nelson version of that song because he's the one who wrote it and uh and you can possibly be going to see him Uh, We're going to announce our winner in just a second. But again, if you don't get a chance to win tickets this week, uh, we're giving them away today and tomorrow. Uh, If you don't get a chance to win, the tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. at livenation.com for the Willie Nelson Outlaw Music Festival happening Saturday, September 16th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. And uh, again, Tickets tomorrow, 10 a.m., but we'll give away another pair tomorrow morning as well. Uh, and today's winner of the tickets is Robin Sylvia. So, Robin, keep an eye out for an email from Casey Dudek, and she will send you all the information about how to uh, sign uh, sign for and claim those tickets. And, again, they are brought to you by our friends at Live Nation. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You are next on WBSM.
0: Good morning, Tim. How are you?
1: How's it going, Gilly?
0: Good. I heard you talk about Scott Lima Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when I vote with the mayor. You know, I just want to applaud him that he finally decided to do the right thing. But he's got to be careful. He's got to be careful because he's going to be voting against Brian Gomes. And last time Scott Lima voted against Brian Gomes, so I reckon Brian Gomes called him a scumbag. So I just want to applaud him for doing the right thing.
1: Well, I mean, we also have, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some other councilors too that will be voting uh, to sustain the mayor's vetoes as well. They, they haven't put out anything publicly about it, but I think you're going to have some other councilors too that will that will um, well, vote along with the yeah, mayor's veto.
0: Because you're doing the right thing, you know. But the bottom line is, why don't they put? Why don't they make it a thing where they see if this term limits for the city councilors?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they don't want to do it, but it seems like there's that citizen effort to get it put on the ballot, so I think that that might actually happen.
0: Well, you should get the dinosaurs out of there. All right. But I want to put well, Scott Lima doing the right thing.
1: And you'll you'll be there tonight, I assume? Oh, with bells on. Have you, have you got your sign all planned out for tonight? Oh, already set. All right, there you go. All right, well, we look forward to talking with you tomorrow yes, about it.
0: Well, I also have the two signs. One is rule number two, and the other one is rule number eight. Where they, they put it, Linda Morad put it, and it's right on the podium that says rule number two, no hats in the chambers. Also, rule number eight is visitors shouldn't bring food or drinks like liquids. And even, but I they didn't. break down.
1: The I time. know, you, you, you went over this all with us last time, Gilly, for sure. That's my fault right. I brought up the right. rules.
0: I want to applaud Scott more again.
1: All right, thank you for the call. And. bye Let's let's squeeze in another call here before we have to take our next break. I got one more to take in the hour. Good morning, you are next on WBSM.
2: Hi, good morning, Tim. Good morning,
1: Catherine. How are you?
2: I'm well. I hope the same for you. Absolutely. Good. Uh yeah, it's going to be an interesting meeting tonight. Um, and I hope if the city council uh does uh decide to uh go along with the mayor's vetoes that they don't turn it into a pat on the back self-congratulatory session with each other about how they listened to the uh, to the voters um i suspect they are listening to the voters but i don't like it that they in my opinion have wasted their time and the taxpayers time uh and the voters time uh, with these, with these initial um, um, non-binding referenda that they should not have just thrown out in the first place without discussion. So uh, I am looking forward to it, though, and I certainly hope that they agree with all of the vetoes. Um, I've got a question, though. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. Um, do you know if Scott Lima voted against? Uh, the uh, non-binding referendum for uh, changing, reducing the mayoral uh, term to from 40 years, two I, years this last time? Did I, he vote against?
1: I don't know. I don't think I remember. I think that the only one that was contested, I think it was a unanimous vote on two of the three, and I think the one that wasn't unanimous on was the CPA, but I could be wrong. And I believe I said earlier that it was uh, eight to three, but it, was, it, it wouldn't have been because... Um, Uh, Councilor Abreu was not present. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'd have to go back and and find the, the story and get that, dig that information out. But, um, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that one had any opposition in the vote.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. And though I'm glad that he has a change of heart about this, I'm wondering what is behind the change of heart. And I would like to think the best of him. Uh, I think he's done good things within the city, although not of late. With every going along with everyone else on the salary increases, the crazy salary increases, venality, and all that, um, and also going along with these, um, you know, this this getting this uh, uh, the, the referenda uh, on to discuss. Um, but he has done other good things, and I would like to think. That he's decided it doesn't make sense that you know lots of cities do not have two year they do well so lots of cities do have two year terms yet but a lot have four in this state and more and more I was looking online I mean um, doing some research last night and it seems that more and more towns uh, cities are, uh, are bringing up the issue of um, term limits for for either you know or both or all of the elected officials in their cities it, so it's a movement that's definitely um active right now and i think for good reason so sure. we'll, we'll see what happens absolutely okay all Thanks. Right.
1: talk to you later and Bye. we do have to take our final break if you want to call in 508-996-0500 we can uh we can get your thoughts in before we run out of time and of course barry will be here uh, right after bill o'reilly and south coast tonight is on this evening and i'm sure they will have some live updates uh, coming for you marcus will be in touch with adam bass and we'll get some live updates for you on how things are going and and maybe have adam call into the program if time allows to uh, let you know exactly what goes on and of course adam will write up the story that we'll have at wbsm.com and on the app about how those go and we can talk more about it tomorrow with the counselors we will have on city council president linda morad and Ward 3 counselor, Sean Oliver, tomorrow morning at 10.30. And also a reminder that in the 11 o'clock hour, just after the 11 o'clock news tomorrow morning, we'll be talking with Donna Halper, who is the author of Boston Radio, 1910 to 20, 1920 to 2010. Uh, and she is also a professor, professor of media, and she's somebody who's worked in radio, and she's a, a radio historian. She's going to be talking with us about the history of radio here on the South Coast and how it made such an important impact in the start of that medium here in Massachusetts. So it should be some very interesting stories and some very interesting figures that we will learn about tomorrow with her. Uh, Also, when it comes to interesting things, how about some interesting breakfast ideas? That's what you can find every day at Just Another Phoenix in Dartmouth. They always have a special menu that has really special items on it. You can go in and get everything that you would expect to find for breakfast. They have it all. Waffles, pancakes, French toast, omelets, breakfast sandwiches, cheese rolls, all of it. But they also have, and they have really great home fries too, by the way. I judge breakfast places by how good their home fries are. But they also have a special menu every day where they try to find in each one of those categories. They try to come up with something that's a little bit different, something that you might not have thought of before that may intrigue you and may become a new favorite. And you can go there. You can hang out with everybody there. It's like one big family. You can also get your food to go. The entire menu is available through the drive through window. But if you're going to go and you're like me and you go out kind of by yourself for breakfast just to have a quick meal, but you like to sit down and maybe have a cup of coffee and scroll through your phone and read the newspaper or whatever it might be, you can sit right there at the counter and watch the cook prepare your breakfast. That's how cool it is at Just Another Phoenix. So check them out. They're on Fawn's Corner Road in Dartmouth. Just another Phoenix restaurant where you will always find something unique and different. All right, I'm gonna take my final break. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back in the final few moments of the program for today. I'll be back with you tomorrow, though, and we'll talk about all kinds of great things. But got some app chat messages here that I want to catch up on before we go. Uh, answered seven in a cushion it says that law is probably like the jaywalking law. No one really gets a ticket for jaywalking. I was talking about how it says in the driver's manual, and you can read about this at WBSM.com and on the app. It says in the driver's manual that one of the rules of the road is that if you go 40 miles an hour, on a 50-mile-an-hour highway in a heavy rainstorm, you can get a ticket for speeding. And so if you extrapolate that out, that means if you're a 65-mile-an-hour highway and you're going 55 in a rainstorm, you're going to get a ticket for speeding. Seems, seems strange. Uh, and also, uh, Pete in Westport said you should try using AC to reduce humidity in your car when your windows steam up. And yes, that is a trick that I've used often, except right now the AC isn't working in my car. You usually find that out right. And, uh, tried, tried giving it a charge, tried charging up the Freon. That didn't do it. Uh, actually I had it looked at last year and same issue. So they're not sure exactly what's wrong. So I'm sure it's going to have to go in for a couple of days at some point to have that fixed, or I'll just do what I continue to do, which is drive with the windows open. I very rarely use AC in the car, but we had a couple of those heat waves last year where, where I needed it. But generally I'm, I prefer to drive with the windows down. Unless, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast or listening to WBSM on the app or something, you kind of got to have the windows turned up so you can really hear everything the way that you want to hear it. But anyway, uh, check out that article again, WBSM.com and on the app and share it around because we all know somebody who's probably going too fast in bad weather anyway. So stay tuned. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. After that, it'll be Barry Richard with you, followed by Howie Carr. And then after that, we'll be South Coast tonight. We'll They'll have your updates on the city council meeting tonight. So until tomorrow, enjoy.